Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And now! Hello and welcome back to Sea Red UK, where quite simply, in Chicago Bulsing. This podcast is part of the Fans First Sports Network. Wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. I'm Matt and I'm going it alone tonight. You may notice as well I missed out the the YouTube part on the introduction and that's because this episode isn't on YouTube. Uh, It's an audio only one uh, and that is due to the fact that Neil is away and I can't access all the stuff to do the video stuff. So, you have to bear with me, um, as like I say, I am going it alone, I haven't got Neil to bounce off, and just seeing how it goes, basically. Uh, for anyone interested, Neil is on holiday, he's in Orlando, he's arrived safe and sound, and is obviously enjoying himself, and fair play to him, you know, we all need a holiday from time to time, um, as much as he's left me in the... Uh, yeah, I won't say it. But yeah, anyway, enjoy yourself, Neil. Um, I'm sure you'll probably catch this at some point. So, Yeah, our last recording together uh, was last week uh, in between the Raptors and the Timberwolves pre-season games. Uh, obviously, at that time, I'd sort of said how I was disappointed with how pre-season had gone so far and kind of said what I wanted to see coming out of the Timberwolves game on I think it was Friday morning for us here in the UK um, I'm still pretty disappointed with pre-season to be fair which I'll get into in a minute um, I did say what I wanted to see out of the Timberwolves game which obviously we did lose 114 to 105 uh, no Zach Levine no Andre Drummond which is something I'll get on to later on about Drummond Um I did say before it I wanted to see us put up more three-pointers, which 
we did we put up 36 unfortunately only hitting 11 uh, I said I wanted to see us get to the free throw line a bit more we did we got to there 27 times in 24 of them uh, including P will who I said I wanted to see get there he hit four of four wasn't as good from the three-point line so I saw what I wanted to see but it it just still didn't look right uh, I don't know if that's due to the fact that obviously Zach and Drummond were missing or what but the disappointing feeling that I got about pre-season didn't disappear during that game and yeah it is only pre-season now I'm a passionate diehard Bulls fan whatever you want to call it and I want to see them win I don't care if it's summer league pre-season regular season playoffs whatever I want to see them win obviously the record in pre-season one win four defeats it's it's disappointing to look at you know there was some positives to take out of pre-season guarantee that but to me there was a lot of negatives as well and the biggest thing I kind of kept mentioning to Neil and anyone else was I can't see where the change is coming and that's the problem when you've got dare I say it continuity run it back however you want to word it it's you know if you're trying to do this different things with but with the same players eventually they're just going to go back to what they know and I mean, I'm not a big fan of the three-point game, as I've said time and time again, but I do understand the need to have one. And unfortunately for me, Bulls just don't have one. We can't defend them, we can't seem to score them, if we can actually manage to shoot them in the first place. And considering all, you know, from top to bottom, everyone said we're going to change the shot profile, all that sort of stuff, majority of pre-season it didn't look like we did. And... To me, another disappointing part of pre-season was we just didn't know who was going to be playing. We didn't know what Billy was trying to do. To me, he overplayed Kobe. You know, if he's going with Kobe as a starter, which it seems to be, then why did he need to play him so many minutes? You know, it, we're in a load management time. They played too many pre-season games as it was. You know, and as still personally not 100% sure whether starting Kobe is the right thing he was the, probably for me the standout in pre-season but he didn't really play that much with Zach, Damar and Vooch now I like the link he's got with Vooch I said that last week but if you're putting the ball into Zach and Damar's hands then you're taking out of Kobe's hands and you're kind of taking away from a lot of what Kobe can do but who knows, you know, obviously when the season starts, that may change. Um, on Demar, it did look like he took a little bit of a, not a step back, but gone to something else that me and Neil have said we want to see him doing and facilitating a little bit. He wasn't getting as involved in the in the shooting of the ball, but when it come to it, he was also shooting threes. And... Obviously, you know Demar's going to put up points all the time. But if he adds them a little bit of extras, then to me he's that perfect number two on the team behind Zach. Obviously, Zach had a good pre-season when he actually played. 
looks like he's ready to go, you know, and there is signs that there's change there, but to me, just not enough, not at the minute anyway. That may change as the season comes around and we actually see what this Bulls team is for real, I guess. Um, you know, obviously, another disappointing thing to me was that the fringe players just didn't seem good enough. Um, you know, the the guys on two ways were just—I don't think we saw enough of them to to work it out. And the bits we did see of them, they didn't look like they were NBA ready. Um, obviously, Dylan Terry is a huge, huge question mark going into the season. Um, you know he's still struggling with that shot, as we said last week. He looks when he's even when he's going to the rim, he looks like he's stepping on hot coals and he's trying to get off it as fast as he can. And it just looks a little bit too chaotic with him. And I'm not out on him. I'm not out on any of these Bulls players because I give everyone a fair shot. But it is getting harder and harder to support Dalen, and that you know I think. He's going to spend a lot more time down with Windy City again because I think Julian Phillips has took his sort of, well, any minutes that Dalen would get, I think we'll now go to Julian Phillips. You know, Julian Phillips is, a, as I tweeted out last week, you know, it's a standard Julian Phillips highlight. Every game he played, he seemed to have a highlight play, whether it was a, a big block, a huge slam, whatever it happened to be. You know, his three-point shot, you can see it's there. It just needs to be. So obviously he's not going to get the ball to do it in the minutes he gets, but it's not as bad as everybody made out, you know. And I've been high on Julian Phillips since since we drafted him, and I looked into him a bit more and sort of researched his game a little bit more. You know, there's massive potential there, and. One of my bold predictions last week was, by the end of the season, if he's not in the rotation, then Bulls fans are going to be screaming for him to be in the rotation because I think he'll go down with Windy City and he'll he'll destroy the G League, you know. And hopefully, over the course of the season, he starts putting on a bit more muscle and stuff like that. And I think he's going to be devastating when he eventually grows into his body and adds a bit of size. Now, another player who has who did impress me in preseason was Io, and he's made it. You know, he's made it hard for Billy to to have him so far down the rotation. You know, everyone was thinking that he was going to be the tenth man in the rotation, uh, the maybe the odd man out, but he seems to have worked his way up to being that backup guard. Um. You know, not saying he's ahead of Javon Carter, but he certainly checks in at the same sort of time as him. And yeah, I, I was impressed with Ayo. That deal that we got him on certainly looks a lot more promising now. You know, if he can, as we said when when it happened, if he can get back to that year one Ayo or anywhere near that, and if if anything exceed that, then you've got a bargain of a player on. What was it the six million that we've signed him on, or however much it was? I can't remember now. So, yeah, I mean overall, like I say it is pre-season. Um, 
or it was pre-season. But I just still can't shake a feeling of disappointment with it. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's me looking at the games a little bit different. I mean, I was tired, especially for the Timberwolves one. So I wasn't maybe in the best frame of mind to judge it. You know, obviously coming out of that Timberwolves game, just before it, I'd given my bold prediction about being off Peewell Island and then he kind of... Everyone will say that he had a good game, you know, that he was showing them signs of aggression and stuff like that. And I think aggression is the wrong word to describe it. To me, it was decisiveness, if that's even a word. You know, he, he was more decisive in what he wanted to do. I mean, he put up seven, three, uh, yeah, seven three-point attempts. I didn't hit any of them. Uh, you know, he he was going to the rim. Obviously, he tried to dunk over Rudy Gobert. But at the end of the day, Zach wasn't out there. Would he get them same opportunities if Zach was there? And when people say, you know, this is that's the people we want to see, to me, again, it come in a, a meaningless game. You know, the people said about it in, when he played the Nuggets, that it was, you know, one of his best performances, blah, blah, blah. It's pre-season. Everyone still harps back to the Minnesota game when he come back after his injury in year two. Again, it was a meaningless game. Minnesota didn't have the starters out there and a reply I tweeted out to a lot of people last week was will he do it on Wednesday against OKC that's what when we want to see him doing it I don't want to see him doing it in pre-season or I don't care about him doing it in pre-season do you know what I mean and that's I'm just getting to a point where I'm sick of talking about P-Will and is, it, is he going to do this is he going to do that blah 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 I mean, I'm going to talk about people again in a little bit, but anyway, you know. So, yeah, it was it was good to see people play like that, but we need to see it on Wednesday, Saturday, well, Friday, whenever it happens to be in Chicago. I know it's Saturday in in the UK, you know, and so on and so on. You know, you want to see it for at least forty-one games. To say that P. Will's had a good season. If we don't, then to me, we're just still in the same place with him. So yeah, um, that's kind of my feelings on pre-season. Uh, I know Neil felt a little bit different, and he probably would have said that if he was here. But yeah, so after pre-season, you know, the talk went to where the roster's at. And a lot of the talk was about Carlick Jones, whether we were going to guarantee him on opening night. And I can't remember exactly what day it was, Sunday possibly, Saturday, over the weekend, it come out that Bulls have waived him. Now, I'm not celebrating the fact that they've waived him, but obviously I did want to see it happen. Um, unfortunately, you know, yeah, G League MVP stood out in the FIBA World Cup for South Sudan you know fair play to him there's clearly something there but it's just not NBA standard and you know pre-season was a chance for someone like him to really sort of show it he was going up against other G-leaguers uh, training camp you know sort of contract players and he didn't do anything you know the most he seemed to do was keep the ball away from on Ralph Bittim, which was another 
disappointing thing for me through pre-season, um, as I mentioned last week. And ultimately, Bulls have decided to waive him. Now, as it stands, obviously they're putting out their opening night roster. We've got 14 guaranteed contracts, including Lonzo. And obviously the three two-way players, uh, Bitim, Lewis and Sonogo. Now, obviously, a lot of people straight away was, who are we bringing in to replace Garlic? Well, now I don't claim to understand the salary cap, the the exemptions, where it all fits in, but having a look on Track today, we are currently around about 1.7, I think it was, under the luxury tax by getting rid of Garlic. Now, people are saying bring in the likes of Taj Gibson on a... Um, vet minimum and the way the vet minimum works from my understanding is there's different levels going on they get paid a certain amount depending on how many years experience in the league they've got so someone like Taj Gibson he's at the top which I think is off the top made around about 3.2 can't remember the graphic which I've seen shared today so we're not going to add somebody like Taj Gibson at 3.2 and put us into the luxury tax for somebody who's not going to play. Now you go further down the scale and your rookies up, I think even a year one, or a player with one year experience was 1.8 million. So we're not going to add somebody like that either. So the only option we've got is somebody with no year's experience, i.e. a rookie, your two-way players, etc, etc, and I think they were about 1.6 million, something like that off the top of my head. So to me, and I, I put it out there in a, one of our chats the other day, you guarantee bit him. You make him, you know, he can still go down to Windy City, all that sort of stuff. You guarantee him at 1.6 million, whatever happens to be. Now, like I said, I don't claim to understand it all, but to me that then keeps us underneath the luxury tax, which keeps Jerry happy. And then it frees up a two-way spot, and you add that big that we've desperate. Me and Neil have desperately said we want. Whether it happens to be Derek Favors, whoever, I don't know. But you bring in somebody like that on that two-way. So if, as we saw last week when Drummond didn't play, we're not going to that small ball unit, which Billy absolutely loves. Which all right, some games it works in, but a lot of the time it's not going to work. You know. I, I love Tory Craig I love Terry Taylor I love what the, the, sort of the, the way they play the game I've said all that before but I don't want to see them playing small ball five because to me they're not effective in it and it just seems that that's the way it's going to go like I say I don't know the full ins and outs of how the contracts and stuff like that work but for me that's what I want to see I want to see Bitim get guaranteed and then add a big, i.e. favours, who we've signed and waived and all that sort of stuff to get him onto the G League team, and make him a two-way, so that if we do ever need him, that they can play up to 50 games, whatever it happens to be now, then he, he is there if Drummond goes down again or if, you know, God forbid, Vooch goes down for any reason. So, obviously... Carlick Jones is no longer a bull. Good luck to him wherever he ends up. Hopefully he ends up possibly back on Windy City because at the end of the day, he was G-League MVP with them. 
and we want Windy City to do well so why not bring the MVP back and then last night now this is where I'm going to talk about P. Will again now P. Will obviously we had until last night to extend his rookie scale contract and as expected I think by a lot of people it didn't come through now there's been a lot of talk about the sort of contract that P. Will wants that P. Will thinks he can get you know, he's pretty much come out and said as well in an interview that, you know, he knows it's all about trying to sort of feed his family and making the money and all that sort of stuff. And obviously Bulls didn't didn't extend him. Now it doesn't come as a shock when you look at the sort of the way the salaries are working and the caps working and everything like that at the minute. And to me it's kinda of like they're going down the Kobe route again with him. They're making him prove how much he's worth. And I think at the minute, they don't actually know how much he's worth themselves. And that's a worry in itself to me that, you know, he's going into year four and you've got players who people have started comparing him to, like McDaniels at Timberwolves and stuff like that, who got his, who got his contract, got his money, however you know word it. Now, we know he's not a franchise cornerstone player or anything like that P. Will but this is where where you just don't know where he falls you just don't know how Bulls are rating him, we know they don't particularly want to get rid of him, you know he's the first ever draft pick um, under this new regime but to me the fa- if, if he was doing that well we'd have secured him already, the fact that they haven't and they're going to basically let him test the market and as we did with Kobe well we ended up wrapping up Kobe before he had a chance to but the fact that we're going, he's going into year four and we still don't know where he's at is to me is just a worry and that's why I did say last week I can see by the end of the year I'm going to be off Will Island now do I think we bring him back? Probably. But I think he's going to want to try and seek more money somewhere else. And I think it's probably going to force Bulls in to end up overpaying for him as well, which, again, is a bit of a worry. Because if he is still at this level this time next year and somebody offers him £25 million a year for however long, to me, he's not a 25 million year player. At the minute, I'd say he's on par with what Kobe's just been paid. So I don't want to see Bulls go out there and throw too much money at him for him to basically regress back to where we're at at the minute. You know, he could go out and have a career year this year because he's, he's wanting to earn his money. Yes, things are going to change when it comes to the end of the season. Obviously, we've got to try and extend Demar yet. You know, obviously, other players are coming to the end of their deals and stuff like that. You know, Vooch is only going to have another two years after that. So, if you sign people for five years, within two to three years, he's pretty much the second second player on the roster. Possibly, depending obviously what other moves get made. And if he's at this level he is now, 
he's clearly not a second player on the roster, but yet you're paying him possibly 25 million plus. And this is the bit that I just, it's frustrating me with P. Will because I don't want to feel this way about him, but he's not shown me anything yet that says, yeah, go out and pay him. And like I say, a meaningless pre-season game against Minnesota or Denver or that game two years ago against Minnesota, they're not enough to show me that he's got it because we know he's got the skills, we know he's got the talent, he's just not doing it. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to get a game out of him in the next week or two weeks where we think, yeah, he's here. And then for the next three, four games, it's like, well, where's he gone now? And that's, that's again, the bit that frustrates me with P. Will. Um, I know if Neil was here, he'd be, he'd be fighting P. Will's corner and telling me that I'm being ridiculous and stuff like that, but I just... I guess I'm just not that high on him or not as high. I don't see him reaching the same sort of levels as what a lot of... Bulls Nation do and I know there's a lot of Bulls Nation out there that also don't see him getting to that level and you know it's it's a worry because you just know that if he would go somewhere else we're into another Lowry situation where in two three years time he's an all-star again so yeah um, I will be watching people with interest however much I don't want to be just purely to see if there is any signs that he deserves deserves the bag. And that takes me now on to the season. Obviously I'm recording this on a Tuesday on Tuesday night and the season kicks off tomorrow. Well the regular season kicks off tonight, but not for Bulls. Bulls kicks off tomorrow. Thursday morning, one AM for us here in the UK. And then we've got 1am Saturday against Raptors, 12am Sunday against Pistons, and 11pm Monday against Pacers. So quite a, a packed packed weekend, to be honest. Um, obviously, we start tomorrow against OKC. Now, the reason I said them four games there is because, to me, Three of them are winnable. The OKC one, I just... It's hard to sort of say. Obviously, we lost to them twice last year. They've, you know, good young team, obviously led by SGA. It... You just... you th- Bulls are more than capable of winning all four of them. We know that. But we also know, going off last season, apart from Pistons, we're quite capable of losing to all of them. And even Pistons run us close a couple of times or for so much of the games. So OKC, you know, it's first game of the season. I mean, obviously, if you remember back to the first game of last season, we went out there and we beat Heat. And it's just, you just don't know this early in the season. You know, players are still trying to ramp up a little bit. New players are trying to fit in. They may have less lost an old player who was a could have been a key part. 
you know, and the thing with OKC is a lot of these players are, you know, I think it's Josh Giddy going into his third year in the league now. Um, you know, obviously SGA's just had a good World Cup campaign with Canada. Um, you know, they've got other good youngsters who are going into year two, a lot more experience now. And obviously they've got Chet Holgan coming back as well. Or finally making his debut. He hasn't made his debut yet. Um so yeah, it's just I just can't I, for some reason I just don't see us beating OKC. Um that's sort of my prediction for that one. Raptors on Saturday morning for us here. Now I've said before, and I said it to as late as last week with Neil. I hate playing Raptors. They just want that team that I absolutely hate playing. We just don't seem to line up very well with them. We're more than capable of beating them. But as we saw in pre-season, okay, we rested our... Uh, no, we didn't rest our starters because Vooch was playing. Um, you know, but they didn't play Jakob Pertl either. You know, they're, they're still trying to find... Sort of the the new the way in for the new guys, new coach and stuff like that. Yet we still found a way to lose to them, and it's the same way we lose to them all the time. They get to the free throw line, they they outdo us on threes. We just don't seem to line line up very well with Raptors, and I, I hate playing them. But we're more than capable of beating them, and that's the frustrating thing for me. You know, hopefully we don't need another performance from Diar DeRozan this time, if she's even going to be there. Um, I, I possibly see us winning that one. Um, I would give you Neil's predictions, but he obviously didn't leave me up. Uh, Sunday, 12am, so midnight Sunday. Uh, face the Pistons. Now, it's the first road game. Of the year Pistons got a good young team. I like a lot of what Pistons have done, or the team they've built. Obviously, new coach and all that sort of stuff. I think people are expecting quite a bit out of Pistons this year, but for me, I think they're just still that too bit too young. Obviously, Cade Cunningham coming back is going to be massive for them. I think they'll run as close, um, but surely we've got too much for Pistons. So. I'm going to say we beat Pistons. And then 11pm on Monday, we go to Indiana to face the Pacers. Now, obviously Pacers won the little series with us last year. People say they've improved by bringing in uh, Bruce Brown and you know they've got obviously Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matherin and stuff like that now. Miles Turner seems to just not necessarily get better but it seems to figure it out a little bit more all the time but again surely we've just got too much to beat them you'd, or you'd like to think um, you know we thought that last year now I know a lot of people have got paces sort of to to finish above us and get into the playing and all that sort of stuff but you know I'm going to be going to be a bit optimistic with it and I'm going to say we beat them as well so I'm going to go lose OKC then win the next three hopefully we can win all four but going off what I saw in pre-season and the disappointment it wouldn't surprise me if we end up losing all four either it's just yeah 
So I think, you know, it was, I've rabbled on long enough. A um, bit different not having Neil here. Like I say, unfortunately the episode's not going on to YouTube. Um, however, check it out wherever you listen to your, normally to your podcasts. You know, hit me up in the comments. Tell me you don't agree with me. Tell me you agree with me, whatever it happens to be. Uh, but as usual, thanks for listening. I've been Matt. You can find me on Twitter at Matt C Red UK. And you can find us on all the socials at C Red UK. I don't know the ne- when I do a next episode. The next one might be on video if I can finally work it out. Hopefully, I'll be back possibly after the OKC game. I don't know yet. Uh, may even get a visit from Neil at some point as well. So, once again, thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. And as Neil says, see red people. Percolator. It's time for the percolator.